Hey, sturdy girls. Welcome to episode 38. I can't even believe that this is episode 38. It makes me so happy. When we get to 50, we're going to have to have a, a 50 party. A celebration. A, a, a golden jubilee of yes. podcasts. Um, welcome to the Netherlands. Kaylani just looked at the analytics and Netherlands have joined. I'm so excited about it. I always have to look at the analytics before we start an episode just to see if we've added anybody else. And we have. Yeah. And we have like 1,400 plays. Yeah. We're getting popular. <laughs> <laughs> but I always have to remind myself it's always for the one. Yes. Because I could get carried away with, oh my gosh, okay, how many how many likes were on this play? Um, how many how many are we doing this here? Blah 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 blah. But I always boil down to it's always for the one. And usually after every episode, there's usually one or yeah. two that says, I think that was just for me. And besides myself, mm -hmm. because I totally get a load of of transformation out of every conversation that I have with whether it's you or a, a friend that we've started. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's always for the one, but yeah. seeing that 1400 plays makes me go yee! I just like looking at it because I like seeing all the countries and it makes me excited that even if it's like 2% broken up between eight countries, I'm like, it's still- Doesn't matter. It's still more than the, the US. So if you're the one in the Netherlands today, welcome. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, we love you. <laughs> we've been doing a podcast conversation with I've been doing conversations with friends because, as you know, Kehlani moved to Twist. Mm -hmm. But guess what? We are on break. Kehlani is over visiting. Yes. And we are going to do a conversation together, but with Courtney Cabalas. She is joining us today. Some of you who know me know that my maiden name is Cabalas. And she has... Oh, it's a twisted tree. She has <laughs> twisted tree. <laughs> married my you cousin. You don't have to get into that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> She's married my cousin um, and um, Steve-O, who we love so much. And um, I've known Courtney ever since she was a little girl because she's also my brother-in-law's niece. Oy. But it even gets out. it gets more <laughs> twisted than that, which we won't go into because it's not that kind of a podcast today. No, maybe, <laughs> next time. maybe next time. Oh, the tangled family tree. We should call the the next podcast that. But this one today is called Fear Not, and we'll get into why we asked um, Courtney to join us on this episode today. We're going to hear a little bit about her story, but first of all, Courtney, tell us a little bit, ninety seconds even. Or longer, whatever you have. Or less. Who is Courtney Cabalas? Courtney Cabalas is just your normal average gal. I'm a wife, um, mother, sister, auntie, business leader, mentor, teacher, coach. I love to cook. I love to bake. I have a deep love of the water and anything in it. Um, I lead, lead a life. Even sharks? They don't scare okay. me. Okay. Okay. I respect them. All right. Uh, but they don't scare me. <laughs> they don't scare me. No. I'm a big hockey fan. Um, I try to live a life of service because I genuinely enjoy it. I believe service is one of my love languages. Um, and I love people. And if I love teenagers, even better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
if I had to think about your superpower, that's exactly what, how you, you've already said it. It's serving. Mm -hmm. It's a gift uh, for a lot of us. It doesn't come very natural um, for some of us. It's a learned love, but I think it's something that was, is innate in who you are. It's in your, it's woven into your fiber of serving. And that shows so much. Um, I've learned so much just by watching you how to be um, a better servant. Thank you. And that's what um, Jesus calls us to do, uh, is to serve one another. And I think it's one of the greatest, noblest of callings is to be a server and to serve well. And you definitely are an example of how to serve well and how to serve from your heart. And that's your superpower. Thank mm. you. I asked, I told her, I told Courtney that we were going to do a little bio and she's going to have to answer that question of who is Courtney Gabalas? And she is like me where it's, that's the worst question in the world. Yeah. I <laughs> nope. Anything else on that? No. Okay. Well, I have I'm that simple. <laughs> I'm that simple too. We need to make our shirts. Ordinary Courtney, ordinary Pam. I like it. That should be the next line. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to fire some questions at you, Courtney. Okay. okay. Oh, Courtney also manages a couple Starbucks. So this is a question. What is your coffee order? Ice grande Americano with three stevia and heavy cream. Oh, we'll have to try that. 15 calories. What? Even with the heavy cream? Because it's just a splash. It's just a splash. Yes. Yeah. No carbs. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. To try that one. Mm -hmm. Um. What is your absolute dream job? Um, to be a stewardess on a super yacht. On a super? Oh, like below deck? Do you have you that? seen that? Yes, I love that show. <laughs> it's not at all like that. that. No, but I—that is my dream job. I could yeah. see you doing that. And totally. my husband being the captain of the boat. That would be cool. Okay. Family business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. My dream job has nothing like it's not something that well, I will do. <laughs> Because yeah. I, I want to be I want to be a rock star <laughs> and That's dance great. and all that and I can't dance or anything. That's my dream job. But your dream job is actually something I see you doing. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Um, who's your favorite singer? Celine Dion. Okay. Mm -hmm. Solid choice. Uh, what is the last song you listened to? Ordinary World cover um, by Adam Lambert. Oh, Adam Lambert. It's a Duran Duran cover. Okay. That's the last song you listened to. Probably on the way here. Yes. All right. What are your favorite Instagram accounts to follow right now? So I believe the internet was created for cat videos. <laughs> so cats of Instagram okay. is one of the ones I follow. Oh, cats of Instagram. It's. Wow. Funny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Something that I didn't, I would not have guessed. And I'll never own a cat. No. Yeah, you, you don't just like to seem look at like a cat I'm person. I'm not an animal person. But you always like love dogs. I love around. creatures. Yeah. I just won't you don't own them one. For you won't own them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That's, that's something I would never. Okay. That surprised me. Yeah. I'm glad I asked that. Okay. And all things cooking. I follow. All yes. Cooking and baking. I know you. She also makes the most gorgeous cakes. She made my wedding cake. Yes. And it, it was amazing. Not only was it amazing, it tasted it great. It tasted great. Yeah. 
Which of the Snow White Seven Dwarfs describes you best? Let me remind you what they are. There's bashful, doc, dopey, grumpy, happy, sleepy, or sneezy. Happy. Happy. Okay. That's a good one. I think I would have said dopey about me. About you? Yeah. No. What do you think? Right. Who's you? I don't remember them. <laughs> ha happy, bashful, doc, doc, mm. sleepy, sneezy. That's probably bashful. Grumpy. Maybe grumpy. Maybe a combination of the two. <laughs> Maybe I should combine dopey and grumpy and I could be dumpy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, another question, uh, Courtney. Are you a backseat driver? Bad. Oh, she really? is. She yeah, is. I'm not as bad as some, but yeah. my poor husband. <laughs> yeah. Is it just, are you watching what's going on and you're like, eh, 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 eh? Is that what it is? And he drives no differently than I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, last one. I'm fire at you. Are you a listener or a talker? Depends on the situation. And I think more of a listener. Because you have to listen to see whether you should talk or not. Mm. Oh, wise words from Courtney Cabals. We could shut it down right mm -hmm. now. That's, it. That's, all we <laughs> That's one to go on. Um, great lead in to why Courtney is here today. Um, we asked Courtney to come and share a traumatic event that happened to her all oh, three years ago. Three years just ago. Just barely. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like just last year. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. I have not heard the entire story, so I will listen very intently to the story of what happened. And then th this episode is called Fear Not. We're going to talk a little bit about fear and how it immobilizes, but we're also going to talk about the healing journey and um, the steps it takes to conquer that fear, which we all encounter fear. Um, but first of all, uh, I invite you to share the story. Yeah, it was November 12th, uh, 2019 at 821 in the morning. And if you've ever been to a Starbucks at 821 in the morning on any morning, it is the busiest mm -hmm. time of day. So think of a high volume drive through mm -hmm. packed with cars that are stuck, that can't go anywhere. Um, I kind of have to backtrack of things I learned later mm -hmm. to kind of lead into this. Okay. Um, but what I didn't know at the time was this incident actually started before it got to me. And it started with the cars in my drive through line mm -hmm. that were stuck. Um, you know, anybody says with any anything that happens, whether it's an active shooter, whether it's a national disaster or a weather disaster, to always have a plan have a plan, have a plan, have a plan. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You can have a plan mm -hmm. until that first punch in the mouth. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have a plan mm -hmm. anymore. Um, and you hear people talk about knowing their fight or flight instinct. Mm -hmm. um, I always hoped mine was fight. Um, I hoped I would have the courage to fight my way out of any situation. It turns out mine is flight. Um, and when you are in a situation where that kicks in, whatever that is, there is no stopping it. Um, so at 8.21 in the morning on a Tuesday, it was a normal day. 
Um, I didn't have to be in charge of the store that day. I got to play barista. And so I was letting one of my supervisors run the floor and they sent me on a break. I normally don't take breaks. I usually just work straight through and um, I went in the back room and I sat down and I was just on my phone and there was a partner sitting next to me who we were just kind of chatting, talking on our phones, probably watching cat videos. <laughs> um, and we heard a scream um, from the back room. Um, mind you, I don't have any exits in my back room or windows. And it's a very small, it's very small. It's not probably not much bigger than this mm. room we're in right now. Um, and it was the type of scream that gets your attention. It wasn't a happy squeal of a kid or a giggle or somebody excited to see somebody else. It was the scream that we looked at each other um, and she goes, I'll go check on it. Um, and she got up and she walked out and I got up. Um, and as I was turning around, um, and getting ready to walk out the door, she came flying back through the back room, screaming, he's got a gun. Um, and she ran behind me and behind her was a man that, um, again, I didn't learn this till later, had climbed through my drive through window. Um, he had shoved my drive through partner um, to the ground um, and climbed through my drive through window and chased her, um, this partner that went to the floor, um, to the back room. And he was naked. He was wearing nothing but socks, black socks. Um, I don't remember much else other than the look in his eyes and the gun in his hand. And um, I, didn't, I didn't remember a lot of this until later, but he, um, he came in the back room, she was behind me, and he raised the gun to my forehead and held us there um, for what seemed like hours. It was not hours, it was seconds or minutes, seconds. Right. maybe minutes, I don't honestly remember. Um, didn't say a word, just held the gun right up to my forehead um, and stared me straight in the eye. And that was the moment the fight and flight instinct kicked in. Um, and it was flight. There was no force on this earth that was going to keep me in that back room. I was able to like one handed, I had my cell phone in my left hand and I right handedly like Superman shoved this guy away enough to where I could grab the partner behind me because we were leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, and we started to run. Um, he grabbed her, but she was able to shake him off. Also during this time, and what I can only describe of is God being there in that moment with me, was I called 911, and I don't have any memory of calling 911. Um, and so as we were running out the door, I saw, I looked straight down and saw my partners jumping over the counters to get out. I saw customers hiding under tables. I saw them running outside um, and I ran and she was right behind me and he chased us out. Um, and when we hit the doors, everybody just kind of went 
a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, we all scrambled. Um, and when I went outside, I could see car doors because my, dr- again, busy time of morning, my drive through line, those people in that line were stuck. Because um, there's no exit. There's no exit. Um, they were stuck and they had their car doors open and they were screaming at us to jump in the cars. So I saw my partners, a couple of partners jump in cars. Um, I jumped in a truck um, of one of mine. I ran from the door. I went left. My other partner went right and the gunman went straight and started chasing another one of my partners across the parking lot. Um, This is when I do have memory of calling 911 because I was screaming into the phone. He's chasing us with a gun. How do you not know where Starbucks is? Mm-hmm. I didn't give them an address. Mm-hmm. I just right. said Starbucks. Yeah. There's one or two Starbucks around. Yeah. Um, and I finally was able to give calm down enough to give the, uh, the address. And the dispatcher says, you've got to get out of the car. You have to tell us where he's at. So I got out of the car and I'm watching him chase one of my partners through the parking lot and she tripped and fell. Mm. And, but thankfully he stopped for a second, but kept going. Um, And at this point I could hear the sirens coming um, and they got there very quickly. Um, He ran into McDonald's and then he came back out um, and then the cops were there. I could see, I could see them enough from a distance because he was up on the road closer to the freeway and they shot him with beanbags mm. and those didn't take him down. And generally one of those will take down. Is he on drugs? Yes. Yeah. We believe he was. Um, and then he raised his gun mm-hmm. and they shot him. And I didn't realize I had seen that mm, for several months. No, really, Mm-mm. no. What what I can't seem to forget is when I walked back into my store, I didn't know where my partners were. Mm. I didn't know where they were. I walked. It was jet, dead silent. I walked. I walked back in the doors, and I walked behind the counter and found two of my partners hiding behind the underneath the counter fridges, like huddled together, crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then eventually one by one, they started to come back. They all just scattered and ran. Um, so that's what I mean. You can have a plan mm-hmm. until something happens. Yeah. Um, several of them got in cars with customers they didn't know and the customers just drove them off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they slowly started um, to come back. We were not allowed to leave. They locked us in the store. Because you were witnesses and you had to. We were victims. Victims, yeah. We were victims. Um, I couldn't get a hold of my boss. Um, and because then it was a police involved shooting, they closed the off ramps to the freeway. Mm-hmm. Um, I text Steve at like, I don't even remember much of what I text him other than we were just held at gunpoint. Um, and he left immediately, but he couldn't get to me because they closed the exits. They closed the roads. Mm-hmm. So he actually um, was going to get on his bicycle or maybe he did get on his bicycle just to come see me. We live really close by. Um, 
in it um, when I was finally able to get a hold of my boss. She had been in a meeting with several of the executives um, with Starbucks and they left and they were, we just got a text that they were on their way. Um, and when they had to park over a mile away and walk in and, um, and that's kind of the beginning. That's when the beginning of the story happened was everything after that is being forced to write statements yeah. when you're in a state of shock, mm -hmm. um, not knowing what the heck just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and just absolute, just adrenaline surging through your body. Mm -hmm. When that adrenaline wore off and it was the next day, like day one, I guess we could label it mm -hmm. day one after, uh, what was that like for you? Scary. It, anxiety mm -hmm. became a part of my life that day. That day. Um, fear mm -hmm. became a part of my life that day. Um, a lot of tears, not wanting to be alone, scared of my shadow. Um, Steve made me leave the house. So the yeah, next day you were afraid to leave the house. I was, and that was only the next day. Um, Starbucks sent um, crisis counselors to the store the next mm -hmm. day for the customers that were there as well as the partners that if we wanted to come back the next day, we could mm -hmm. to speak with somebody and Steve made me go. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're going, you don't have to get dressed. Yeah. You can wear your pajamas, but we're going. Mm -hmm. And we went and I spoke with somebody who um, had a really neat, unique perspective um, and set me up immediately with therapy. Have you ever heard of the term PTSD? I had, yeah, but I thought that was only for people in the armed services right, that had been right. to war. Yeah. yeah, but it actually, what is PTSD? It's not. So PTSD, it's post-traumatic stress disorder, and it's, the definition is difficulty recovering after experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event. Pretty, they make it sound not so bad, right? And then it, they go on to say it may last months, it may last years, and it can be triggered by certain sounds, memories, places, and an individual uh, will respond in intense emotional or physical reactions, mm -hmm. right? And so they make it sound like PTSD. You're, you're going to react. It's not that bad. And it's most commonly in uh, veterans or people who have been in the military, right? But then when in reality, it's a very... It's a very scary way to live, and it's a very debilitating way to live. And it's just not, and you can for the veterans, and it's not just for the veterans. And it, whenever someone talks about PTSD, I always think about great grandpa. Uh, my great grandpa it was a World War II veteran, and after he came home, he couldn't be around any form of loud noise or children screaming or anything like that because it would it would debilitate him to the point where he would feel like he would need to get up and run and, and duck for cover. And he had nightmares and I, I couldn't imagine living in with PTSD and how you cope with that and how you heal from that. Um, and, 
after for myself dealing with anxiety, which I didn't have PTSD, but dealing with anxiety, it bothers me when people throw out like, oh, this gave me PTSD or like I got PTSD from this. And because it's not like tripping on the sidewalk. Right. Like, yeah. oh, there's a sidewalk. I got PTSD from the sidewalk. Like it's not something to throw around lightly like that because you can be with your friend or you can be meeting somebody on the street and depending on what they've been through in their life, they, they can very well have PTSD and be trying to heal from that. And we know that we're not therapists. We're not counselors. No. We have no medical backing in this. We're just um, three people talking about a life experience here mm -hmm. and, and what we have learned from that and what we are learning from what Courtney just shared about her traumatic experience and fear in and of itself is not wrong. There's a natural fear, like the fear that that came instantly when you saw the man with the gun. That was, to me, that's a natural fear. And what God gives us that fight or flight, and it's to help us, you know, in, in that instance, okay, I have a choice of what to do. That it's a healthy fear, like when, when you're in the woods and you have that inkling of, I'm being watched. I'm being watched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, and there's, Lo and behold, there's a bear up there. So it's those kind of fears I think are natural and healthy. Mm -hmm. But then there comes the fear of day one after and the fear of living, living, the fear of those triggers, the fear of what if this happens again, mm -hmm. the fear of what if I open my door and go out into a, this world that is no longer feels safe for me or there's people out there like, the the fear of a natural a natural disaster not even a gunman of what if there's an earthquake today mm -hmm. or um even phobias of spiders or snakes or or whatever fear that kind of fear is paralyzing and that's the fear that um that uses to um make us stop and so courtney what is, has your healing journey looked like? Like after day one, you, you shared about, you know, Steve, Steve made you go to um, the counseling. Um, that, but then there are the night times. How, how did you move to the next day? And then the next day after that, and then the next day? I don't remember a lot of those first few days afterwards. Um, I did, I was very fortunate enough to get into therapy very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and because I did not know how to cope with this new normal um, that I didn't know was a new normal part of my life of this fear and anxiety, they prescribed things mm -hmm. to help me get through that. Mm -hmm. That's, part of that mm -hmm. and part of the journey it was and I was very lucky I found I didn't find they found me a counselor that has a faith um and helped me understand that it's okay mm -hmm. to need the to get the yes. help um and my healing is ongoing I don't think it's ever going to go away I'm just learning to live in it I think it's the same way with death you know, it, that, that sadness never goes away. You just learn mm -hmm. to, to move forward. Yeah. Um, 
because my new normal, I mean, there is no old Courtney anymore. It was full stop. And there's this new one. And so, and with therapy and God, I learned about my fear. Mm. I learned that my fear and a lot of fear is emotional. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. Fear is anticipation. It's not, it's not real. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible says over 500 times, it quotes the spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's and great. Mm-hmm. 365 times, it says fear, fear not. not. One for every day yeah. mm-hmm. of the week. So learning, um, learning that and looking back because you see a lot of where, where were you, God? Mm. Where were you? Why? Yeah. I asked Courtney before we recorded, I said, can you recognize now, like if you were to close your eyes and walk through that day where God, I mean, he was present the whole time, but, oh, you were, you were there that was you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was you in that moment. And she said, what'd you say, Courtney? Um, he was there when I called 911 and I don't, re- that I don't remember calling. He kept my partners safe. He kept my customers safe and he kept me safe. Yeah. And that's a great reminder is that God is always present. One of the most famous Psalms. And if you don't take the Bible as um, word of life, that's great. Um, Just think of it as a beautiful ancient Psalm poem, but uh, is Psalms 23. A lot of people can quote it, even non-Christians, but it's uh, talks about when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. So we live in this life. And God knows we live in this life and this world and what it looks like right now. It's not a perfect world that he created for us. And so stuff's going to happen, but he's always there. He's in the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And then I'm, I'm also appreciative that you uh, mentioned part of your healing journey is recognizing the fear. Because there's that phrase out there, fake it till you make it, which some personalities out there, it might be helpful for them. And, and maybe in certain circumstances, that phrase, fake it till you make it. We, we've all heard that and we've all tried it, I think. I've used and, it. Yeah. And yeah. It, it may serve us well in some instances, but I believe in the instance of fear, I don't believe it serves us well because I think we need to recognize it. And I think we need to look it in the face and, I, and say, I recognize you as fear. And I recognize you as something that is false. Mm-hmm. It's not real. You're trying to stop me from from going to something that is good beyond this fear. And so I want whatever it is that's good beyond this fear, that's what I want. And so I recognize you and I say, no, you're fake. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, fear, um, it, it only exists in your thoughts of the future. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a product of your imagination, and you're worrying about things that at present don't exist or may never exist. The power of imagination. I'm reading a book about that. Also, <laughs> Oof, I yeah. mean, again, 
the Bible. It's if you don't take it as 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 words of life, that's fine. We we sitting here, we do. And there's another ancient psalm that says, "As a man thinks, so is he." Mm-hmm. And so, really, um, it also says that the heart is the wellspring. The heart, the mind, your thoughts is the wellspring of life. So the thoughts that you generate and dwell. And we can't help those intrusive thoughts that come up. They, those are that's natural. But you can choose to not get stuck. Like but you can choose not to get stuck. Yeah. You can choose to recognize as oh, okay, that's not good. And really, sometimes it's simple as saying delete. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's, it's not that simple. And sometimes, sometimes it's not. You get caught, and sometimes you sit and you spiral for an hour and then you're like sweating because you've gone down this spiral of what ifs and fear and then you recognize it and then you're like oh okay and then even then you have to actively crawl away crawl away sometimes from that thought Mm -hmm. but you still there's a point where you can recognize it Mm -hmm. even if it's in that moment or a day or whatever from then but you can recognize it and you can make the choice mm. to either live with it or move on from it. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Courtney, that was a great conversation. And we could go on literally mm-hmm. talking about fear and and the presence of God in our in the midst of our trauma. We could we're at 33 minutes, but we could literally just keep talking about those things. Yeah. And um, what would be your takeaway or what would be your advice? Let me say to, to the one, because I always say this podcast is for the one person listening today that they are sitting in their day one. It could be day one for them today as they listen of something very traumatic that's happened to them. What would be your words to them for their day one? That it's okay to feel what you're feeling and to feel it. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to go through those mm-hmm. emotions because mm-hmm. everybody copes differently mm-hmm. and the way you cope is not wrong. Um, and there, and just recognizing there is no getting over it depending on what, what that is. And I, um, one of my favorite scriptures that I wrote down um, is 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. It's blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction Mm. with the comfort which we ourselves are gifted by God. Mm. Mm. So if that is you, Today, and this is your day one, this podcast, this episode has been recorded for you. Courtney has shared her story for you today. And may you feel the God of all comforts today.